You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. If you could only have what you've given God thanks for this day, what would you have? Think about that for a moment. What have you given God thanks for today? Or have you done that yet? You know, you cannot worship the Lord acceptably with an ungrateful heart. It just will not happen. You might go through the motions. It may seem like you're worshiping the Lord, but your ingratitude will hold you back. It will keep you from really truly participating with the people of God in worship. So whenever you're struggling spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, pause. And I want you to thank your thankfulness gauge, really, for when we're feeling down and out, like things just aren't going our way. Many times it's because we are not giving God the gratitude he deserves. For when we have a thankful heart, the old cliche, an attitude of gratitude, we begin to look at life much more positively. May your heart today overflow with thankfulness and may God fill you with his joy. Whether winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you've got to do is call. That's going to make a little more sense toward the end of the service today. It was one of those events you can never forget witnessing. A huge skyscraper was going up in Atlanta. We're not used to seeing those right now because there's not a lot of skyscrapers going up. But we know we have a lot of them here in the Atlanta area. If you live in the big city, it used to be they were going up every other week. But right now, many of those skyscrapers, many of those buildings are sitting empty. And you know why. People are working from home. We wonder, will those buildings ever be filled back up with people? Maybe. Maybe not. But this particular skyscraper was going up. And it was a huge one. It was big. And every day that people were going to work, they would look up and see this thing. It was, a, it was mighty. It was beautiful. But something tragic almost happened. You see, there was a, a girder, a beam that was being hoisted up by a crane. And one of the workers, probably about 30, 40 stories up, He's up in a window, and he's trying to, to pull that girder in. But he loses his balance, and he falls onto the girder as it's being held by the crane. He's at one end of that girder, and the beam begins to go vertical on him. And the people down below and the crane operator who stopped the crane, by the way, stopped hoisting that girder, knew that they were probably going to witness this man's death falling from 30 or 40 stories. And yet, another great surprise was a worker in the window on the next floor up. He sees what's going on, and without thinking, he just jumps out of the window onto the girder. And it causes that girder to balance perfectly. So the man that was dangling is able to climb back up. The other man has his balance, and the crane operator is able to lower that girder all the way down, and the men are perfectly safe. 
No tragedy there. Man, it pays to have friends in high places, doesn't it? You know what I'm saying? There was a little boy who came home from school one day. It was obvious that he had been in a fight. He had a black eye and had some scrapes and bruises, and his dad said, What happened? He said, Dad, I got in a fight today with Tommy. He said, well, Yeah, well, son, I can't believe you got a black eye from that. Tommy's a little old guy. He said, Dad, I told him he could choose his choice of weapons. He choose, chose his bigger brother, Larry. And that's what happened. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? We've all got friends in high places. Well, at least we hope we do. And if you don't have one, you definitely want one. What is it we say? It's not what you know, it's who you know that counts. Well, this Sunday is referred to Christ the King Sunday. It's that Sunday just before Advent, which next week is Advent, and we'll have the Advent wreath here, and we'll have the Christmas tree up, and it'll, it'll be exciting because Advent starts. There's, there's four Sundays that we anticipate the arrival of Christ, Adventus, the Latin word for arrival or coming of Christ, and we'll be excited about that. Well, this Sunday is Christ the King Sunday, and we're preparing for his birth and then the following months, we'll move through his life, his death, his resurrection, then the ascension to be with the Father, and then the coming of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. And it's that cycle that we go through, and we're beginning that cycle next Sunday. So this Sunday is referred to as the Reign of Christ or Christ the King Sunday. And it's a fitting way to climax all that Christ means to us. We celebrate his exalted role at the right hand of God the Father. Far above all rule and authority, all power, dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. As Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, in other words, we have a big brother, or if you will, a friend in the highest realm of heaven. Garth Brooks had a song about friends in low places, which of course is what most country songs are about. But you and I, we have a friend in the highest place possible at the right hand of God. So today, I want us to focus just for a few moments on why Jesus is so important to us. The famous evangelist, Billy Sunday, once noted that there are 256 names given for Jesus in the Bible. Wow! 256 names given for Jesus in the Bible. Christ is infinitely beyond all that any one name could express. And I believe that is true. And of course, I could never in one sermon explore all the grandeur of Christ. But for a few moments, let's focus on the most critical reasons we celebrate the coming of Christ into our world. First of all, we celebrate Christ as our king because he reveals to us the very nature of God. He reveals the nature in his teaching and he reveals the nature in his own life. Now, the Hebrew Bible uses beautiful, poetic language to describe the majesty and glory of God. But did you know, according to scholars, Jesus was the first person ever to actually call God Abba, Father. As you know, Abba in Aramaic can be translated Daddy. Jesus would pray, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, Daddy, God. Everything is possible for you, Abba Father, is what he said. Everything is possible. Now, there was this great New Testament scholar that noted, there is no 
instance of the use of Abba as an address to God in all the extensive prayer literature of Judaism. There's no record of somebody doing that before Jesus did. The Hebrew Bible tells us many wonderful things about God, but it never calls God Abba, Daddy. Only Christ was that audacious. He taught us that God is like a loving Father who never turns His back on us. Always has His children in His eyes. We are the apple of His eye. Indeed, because of Jesus, we've come to know that God's very nature is love. It's that covenantal love, seed, the covenantal love, agape love of God. There's no love quite like it. Sacrificial love, unconditional love. And we refer to that as grace, a shorthand way of expressing God's unconditional love for us. In his daily study Bible series on the Gospel of John, Dr. William Barclay, the great commentator, tells of a little girl who, when she was confronted with some of the more bloodthirsty and savage parts of the Old Testament, felt called upon to offer some explanation in defense of God. She said, well, all that happened before God became a Christian. (laughs) I like that. If we could discern in the Old Testament a perfect representation of God's character, there would have been no need for Christ. But the representation of God's character in the Old Testament, it's just a mixed bag. It really is. In some places, he's a tender shepherd. But in other places, he calls for innocent people to be slaughtered. Christ's life and teachings present a different kind of God altogether. We see in Christ's life and death, agape love. Agape love that's being lived out. Love that's unconditional. It's never-ending. It it doesn't boast. It's not rude. It's not arrogant. It's not self-serving. It's not self-seeking. Love does not get angrily, does not easily get angry But yet, it hopes all things, believes all things. Love is the greatest gift. And the essence of love is God. Without God, there is no love. The Word does not exist because it represents who God is. Think about that. And then Jesus makes this audacious statement. He says this, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. He said that in front of a bunch of Pharisees who were already ready to string him up. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Do you know that you can audaciously go to someone or several people and say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus? And they may say, you don't act like Jesus. What you watched last night, what you said about the ball game didn't seem like Jesus. But if you represent divinity, if God created you, molded you in your mother's womb, he knew when you were being made in the secret in the depths of the earth, and he looked at your unformed substance, and he breathed into you the breath of life, then you have his spirit within you, you have Christ within you, then you can say that you represent Jesus Christ. He lives within me. Even if you haven't received him, you have the power of God's spirit within you because he placed it in you at the moment of conception. You cannot escape it. It will always be there to the very end of your life. How many times have I witnessed someone who's breathing their last breath receive Christ as their Savior? Because I believe the grace of God moves in them, even if they have comorbid conditions, even if they're at end of life, He moves in them, reminding them, I've always been here. 
I've always been within you. I've always protected you. I've always guided you. Even though you turned your back on me and you walked away from me, I still love you. And I'm giving you another chance, another opportunity before you breathe your last. Receive me as your Savior through my Son, Jesus Christ, and you will inherit paradise. Paradisio. Eternity. That's salvation. And it's not mine to give and it's not yours to give. But we are his representatives to tell others about Jesus. I can't save anybody, but God can through me. That's why it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. So it's his breath that we breathe. This is the air I breathe. He provides that air in our lungs. He is our purpose and our reason for being. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, he says in John 14, 9. That is, you don't have to deduce God's nature from his teaching alone. All you have to do is look at Christ's life. But if you go back to the Old Testament and you see these rebellious, ignorant people, and there are many that still exist today, you will begin to understand why God's wrath was enacted. He time and time again showed them his love and provision, yet they still idolize everything else. Does that sound familiar to the world right now? If, if it doesn't, then you're living in a cave somewhere. Maybe that's good, because if you turn on the news, you've been tainted. You've been poisoned. And I can say it firmly, because I have turned it on. I've read it. I've watched it. But I will not let it disease me any longer. And I hope you will not either. The only thing that I want to fill my heart, my mind, my spirit, my intellect with is God's word and God's truth. If anything else is above that and takes more of my time, that's the reason why I have this ingratitude attitude and I'm always walking around defeated and woe is me. Because I'm living in the flesh and I'm giving more into the world and the fleshly desires that the world has to offer. And we all fall to that. It's very easy to do. It'll happen this coming Friday when Black Friday gets here. Well, we're not going out on that. I ain't getting out on that. No way. I was at Dick's Sporting Goods last night. I asked the guy, are you going to have Black Friday? He says, nope. For the first time in 20 years, no Black Friday. We're going to do everything online, though. 30% off. It's like, ooh, you know, 30% off. I know, as a former retailer, I know that they mark it way up, and then they reduce it 30%. I know that. You know that. But we still believe we're getting a deal when it's on sale. And we spend more money than we would have because it's on sale. They've got us, don't they? When we see gas, okay? Oh, my goodness, it's under $1.99. Hallelujah. $1.98 still a lot for gas. Especially for those of us who remember when it was $0.66 cent a gallon or when I was in college even, $0.70 cent a gallon. Wow. We won't see those years again, ladies and gentlemen, because they, whoever they are, they've got us. Making us think under $2 is cheap. It's not cheap. It's a lot of money. People are struggling. But that's the world. You're not of this world. You're in it, but you're not of this world because you serve someone who's not of this world. But while you're here, make the greatest difference that you can by being thankful, by praising Him and honoring Him and knowing that He has given you every good and perfect gift. You know, there's this story of these twins that were separated at birth for 40 years. Can you imagine having a twin being separated, not even knowing you had a twin for 40 years? Well, it just so happens to be that when this was found out, a scientist did a study 
on both twins. This is interesting. He found out, even though that they were separated for 40 years, and they got to come back together after 40 years, that they liked the same food. They wore the same cologne from Europe. I don't know what kind of cologne it was. They wore the same kind of cologne. They loved the same TV shows, comedies, like me. You know? Everything about them was like similar. The twins had the same genes, the same chromosomes. After being separated for 30 and 40 years, they were still very much alike. What the Bible is saying is that Jesus is identical to the Father. Christ is the same substance of the Father, the same nature. You are of the same substance and nature as Jesus Christ. Let that sink in for a little bit. Think that you are, you ready? I'm not going to go a service without doing it. Think that you are a lehu, zaher. You're not. You are a winner. You have the DNA of Christ Almighty within you. You're a champion. You're His. You're the trophy of God's creation. And nothing can separate you from Him. Christ is the substance of the Father, the same nature. If you want to know what the Father is like, look at this genetic reproduction of the Son. That's the first reason we celebrate Christ the King, the reign of Christ Sunday. Christ revealed to us the nature of who God is. But there's another reason that this day is so important. In his death on the cross, Christ made it possible for us to have new life in him. Are you tired of the old life? You don't want to return to that old life, do you? Then he offers you new life. You are a new creation in Christ. You have been crucified with Christ, therefore you no longer live. It's Christ who lives within you. He's always been there. He's always lived within you. And when you say yes to him and receive him as your Savior, then there he goes. He reveals to you his very nature. And he takes you places that you never would have gone without him. He reveals things to you that you would never have learned about or known in your own flesh. And you become selfless, not selfish. You become humble, not prideful. All things of God. You become, and you begin to manifest all those fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All those come from your Heavenly Father. In His death on the cross, Christ made it possible for us to have new life in Him. You know, many don't understand just how Christ's death on the cross atones for our sins. It's a stumbling block. For the message of the cross is foolishness for those who do not believe. And they don't want to believe. They want to reason it instead. Prove it to me. Stephen just did a paper on the atonement and on the resurrection. He wanted me to help him with it. I sat down, read it. I didn't have to do a thing. It was awesome. There were a couple of commas we had to put in there, but that was it. I was like, man, this is amazing. But it was from his heart. Now, he did some research, and he threw some theologians in there. And I was like, man, take the theologians out of there. Keep your heart in there. But he had to quote two sources, so we had to keep the theologians in there. <laughs> you know? But sometimes you don't want to hear the theologians. You just want to hear the heart. Like when those folks stood up, and they read what you wrote on those cards. You're like, what's going on here? Stephen says, I'm thankful for my wife. You're like, he's only 17. How does he have a wife? He was reading somebody else's card. Okay. <laughs> You know, Richard over there, I'm thankful for my husband. Richard, do you have another life? You know, what was going on? 
No. We didn't share your names, but we shared your praises. Before we can ever enter into this place, we need to be thanking him for who he is. On the way here, before we get out of bed in the morning, when we get out of the bed, in the car on the way here, be thanking him so you're ready when you enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You come into these courts and you begin to praise because you've already been thanking him so you can fully surrender and praise him because you have, you have a heart of gratitude and you can fully be immersed in the worship of the Almighty God. But many just don't understand how Christ atones for our sins, his death. You know, different the theologians have their own theories. But we do know this. God's grace and forgiveness are at the very heart of the gospel. St. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When he's done this, the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. So Christ not only revealed to us the nature of God. But in his death on the cross, Christ made it possible for us to have new life in him. When we stand at the foot of the cross, we know just how much God loves us and we're led to live for him. But one more thing needs to be said. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ is our constant companion today as we seek to live for him. Our constant companion Years ago, author and devout Christian Bruce Larson wrote a very helpful book titled Believe and Belong. In that book, he told about one exercise he used over the years to help people surrender their lives to Christ. He said that for many years, he worked in New York City. During this time, he used his office to counsel with people who were struggling with their faith. Often, he would suggest that they walk with him from his office down to the RCA building on Fifth Avenue. I've been there. You've been there, Teresa. Choir tour. In the entrance of that building is a gigantic statue of Atlas. He describes the portrayal of Atlas as a beautifully proportioned man who with all his muscles straining is holding the world upon his shoulder. You see it? He's, he's, he's like, Argh! he's got it though. There he is, Larson would say to the friend who was struggling the most powerfully built man in the world, and he can barely stand up under this burden. Now, that's one way to live, he would point out to his companion, trying to carry the world on your shoulders. But now come across the street with me. Larson would then walk across to Fifth Avenue to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Been there too. There behind the high altar of that great cathedral is a little shrine of the boy Jesus, perhaps eight or nine years old, and with no effort, he's holding the world in one hand. In Larson's mind, his point was illustrated graphically. We have a choice, he would say. We can carry the world on our shoulders, or we can say, I give up. I give up, Lord. Here's my life. I give you my world, the whole world. What a simple 
beautiful reminder of a choice we make every day to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders or to yield that burden to our friend who sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Some of you can remember when Phil Rizzuto was the record-setting shortstop for the New York Yankees. He was really good. We're told that in one game, Rizzuto trotted out to his position at the top of the ninth inning. You know how they trot out. His Yankees were down nine to nothing. That's nothing new for the Yankees, by the way. Sorry about that, but they get down a lot. They got all those players, but yet they get down. They're down nine to nothing. Before the opposing team came up to bat, Rizzuto turned away momentarily from the batter's box. He was too dejected to look. It was at that moment he caught sight of the great Joe DiMaggio. He was out in center field. Immediately, Rizzuto said, we're going to win this game. All it took was knowing that Joe DiMaggio was on his team that gave Rizzuto the confidence to play on. Something that humbles me a great deal. This is not in my notes today, but SJ and his friend Sam are here. Sometimes we'll play basketball out in the cul-de-sac at the house, and we'll pick teams. I'm an old man now, but boy, what it does for my ego for them to say, well, whoever gets Steven's dad is going to win. I want, I want Steven's dad on my team. I want him to play on our team. And we usually do, right? We usually do win when, when I'm on their team. It's not that I'm that great. I just know how to play old school basketball, how to set picks and, you know, pass the ball. You know what passing the ball is? You ever heard of that before? Not in today's world. Passing the ball. Helping each other out. Teamwork. And that's what happened. When Rizzuto saw Joe DiMaggio, he said, you know what? Joe DiMaggio's on our team. I can imagine John Paxson saying that on the Chicago Bulls. We've got Michael Jordan. We've got LeBron James on our team. Wow. we got Freddie Freeman, the National League MVP, on our team. We're going to win this game. We're going to make it back to the World Series, and we're going to win it this time. That's my prediction, ladies and gentlemen. 2021 Braves World Series champs. You know, knowing that Jesus is on our side should surely be enough to make us winners in the game of life. We have a champion, a big brother, a friend in high places who will accompany us into any battle, help us carry any burden, give his life for us. Don't give up or give in. After all, you have a friend in the highest places of all. His name, Jesus the Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of Lords. I want you to do something with me. I think many of us, I believe, many of us are holding on to something. Maybe it's grief or despair, sadness. Maybe it's fear. Maybe you're struggling because you're not going to be with your loved ones for Thanksgiving for the first time like us in 25 years. Am I going to be with my mom and dad or my, or my in-laws? because of the stinking virus. Yeah, I'm frustrated with that. I need to release my frustration because I've got a friend in high places that'll take that from me. He'll restore me and he'll fill me with thoughts of grace and love. And for what I do have, that beautiful prayer that Joy prayed, the Puritan prayer, giving thanks for all that we have. We have so much more to be thankful for than not. 
you know? Sometimes we just give more into what we're frustrated about. So what I want you to do is I want you to take your hands. I want you to hold them out like this. We've done this before. We need to do this quite often, to be honest with you. Hold them out. And whatever it is that's frustrating you, that's holding you back, that's causing you to have that attitude of ingratitude, I want you to release that into your hands right now. Whatever it is, just put it in your hands. Is it disappointment? Is it a cut in salary? Is your marriage struggling? Got a wayward kid? What is it? Put it right there in your hands. Then I want you to close your eyes, and as you close your eyes, I want you to clasp your hands. Grip your hands. Make a fist. And when you're ready, I want you to turn your fist over. Keep them shut as you turn them over. And I want you to imagine your friend, Jesus, placing his hands under your hands. He's calling you. He's saying to you, I've got this. Let me take this from you. Whatever it is. And when you're ready to surrender it all to Jesus, your very best friend, your Abba, your daddy, I want you to open your hands and just let go and let God. Remember, you've got a friend and his name is Jesus. Winter, spring, summer or fall, all you got to do is call and he will always be there. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.